Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's me, the Grill Economist, with CJ, and we are here today, and we got Harley Schlanger with us. Harley needs no introduction at this point. He's the one and only main, he's one of the brain trusts over at the Schiller Institute.com, SchillerInstitute.com, as well as the LaRouche Organization.com, the LaRouche Organization.com. That being said, Harley, how are you? Lots of things going on. We just hot off the heels of the election, which is still going on in certain states, Harley. They're still counting ballots because we no longer have election days in this country. If you didn't get the memo, we have election months. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I heard someone earlier today talking about how Brazil was able to count all their votes and report the outcome the evening of the vote. And the Brazilians are laughing at the U.S. system. Well, that's because there's only two genders over there. <laughs> you know, the more genders you have, the more the vote counting and tabulation needs to be done, Harley. Well, know, I haven't thought then, about it that way, but you yeah. may be onto something, V. Because each person, you have to have an additional ballot for each pronoun that you possess in your name. You well, I thought it was for each, each uh, pro, uh, chromosome. Well, that's that's being very uh, transphobic and it's being very limiting, and so they want to broaden that because why uh-huh. limit yourself into such a cisgendered binary way of thinking when you can be non-binary and gender fluid? Um, you know, you got to have as many ballots as possible. And this is why you know Brazil is able to do it very quickly because there's only two. They're not as advanced as us. They're not as progressive as we are here in the United States. There's only two genders there over here. We have many thousands at the last count so yeah well and, and the problem is it, the problem is with all those genders hardly anyone has a clue as to what's going on in the real world well who needs the real world we all live in the metaverse <laughs> here in the united states <laughs> well with that said v, let me let me point out that right now we have an asean meeting going on then the g20 yeah. and then the apec meeting and Mushhead Biden is going over there as though he's going to be presenting from a position of strength what oh U.S. God. policy is. And he's walking into a shootout at OK Corral. Uh, the, there was an interesting thing that happened in a pre-conference. Uh, German Chancellor Schultz went to Vietnam mm-hmm. and he went to tell the Vietnamese, 
you shouldn't be supporting Russia. You've got to back our sanctions. And they said to him the same thing that the South African foreign minister said to Blinken. Don't come and lecture us. We're a sovereign nation. We're going to act for our own interests. And this is the, this is the direction of the world right now. So basically the West is running around uh, asking other countries to join their suicide pact. Well, the, uh, the, according to the Global Times, the Chinese paper, this is going to be the most stressful G20 ever to try and get a communique out of it. And there was an Indonesian analyst, because it's taking place in Indonesia, who wrote a story for the lead paper in Jakarta today saying, we don't need Western geopolitics. We need multipolar cooperation. Yeah. And this is the, exactly what people like Blinken and Biden and the British don't want to hear. But this is the future. The reality is that the rules-based order where one country sets the rules based on its military power and the power of the dollar, that era is over. Now, it's going to exist in the minds of the people who are responsible for it until something dramatic happens to shake them out of it. But the problem is most people in America don't, America don't realize that our standard of living is dependent on our ability to force other nations to provide cheap labor and cheap raw materials to our empire. And that era has come to an end. And I, I just there, there was something really quite fascinating that came out today uh, or yesterday. It was the U.S. Labor Department uh, productivity statistics for the last decade. And they say that the, here's what they report. For the United States, from 2010 to 2019, productivity went up 1.1% per year. In China, it went up 3.9% per year. So almost four times a faster rate of productivity improvement than the United States. But here's the real kicker. In 2022, through the first three quarters of the year, U.S. productivity has gone negative by more than 1%, for, first time in 40 years. So if your productivity is below 3%, then you're not capable of producing enough wealth to service your debt. And when it's gone that way for a decade, you can't just blame it on Biden. As, as simple-minded and, and uh, corrupt as the Biden administration is, it's been the same under Obama, and it continued the same way under the brain trust that Trump had in there of the uh, Goldman Sachs crowd and the Mnuchin and others. They couldn't manufacture improved productivity rates. So we're paying the price for the deregulation, the uh, privatization, the globalization. We're paying the price for it in the United States. And people are unhappy about it. They're unhappy with inflation. They're unhappy that we're spending $60 billion in what will ultimately turn out to be a losing effort in a war. And by the way, it'll be much more than $60 billion. But it's, was it's there 60 a $60 billion that we know of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we don't even know where it went. Nope. But, well, I mean, there, there's, a, there's an enterprising young man who has a, a man boobs, a scruffly hair, uh, and is a vegan who is once known as the most generous billionaire in the world who had his wealth vaporized in a matter of a week, who ran a cryptocurrency exchange that was intimately involved with Ukraine and the big guy here in uh, Washington, D.C. 
And we don't know where that man is. Last I've heard, he was on a private jet fleeing the country, heading over to uh, Argentina of sorts. Uh, maybe that gentleman might know a thing or two of what is happening and how much money has been spent in Ukraine, Harley. Well, I don't think he's going to find a, a sanctuary in Argentina because the Argentine government is, is applying to be part of the BRICS, which is anti-speculation. Oh, man. That's, but, that's know, going to stink for him. That, that means he might find he might wind up, uh, you know, have he might end up with a fate with a with a nail gun, Harley. <laughs> well, you know, the, the point that you're making about this, this uh, FTX operation, mm -hmm. it's collapse is it augurs, gives, gives you a sense of what we're going to have in the future. The oh, whole yeah. process of financialization is going to come to an end. And financialization has been the way a lot of Americans have been able to sustain a standard of living in the face of inflation. But what they're finding is their, their stocks will blow out. Their home value will be lost. Uh, everything they held dear is going to be gone. The idea that government is somehow going to make sure there's, there's electricity, that there's gasoline, that there's uh, hospitals open, we're going to lose it. And the irony is that we just had an election where 78% of the population was unhappy, but not a single candidate, or, or with the exception of my friend Diane Sayre and Joel Dijon, two LaRouche candidates, with that exception, who is talking about the role of the Fed in creating inflation? Who is talking about the, the low interest rates and the quantitative easing as the major source of, of inflation? Who is talking about the fraud of the West funding the, the death of Ukrainian soldiers as a battering ram against Russia? You know, we, we had this little teaser from McCarthy that, well, maybe Biden won't have a blank check after the red wave hits. Well, there was no red wave, and there's no guarantee that the Republicans who McCarthy presides over would do anything to stop this foolish war. If they did, if they stopped the war with Russia, they would probably just uh, pivot to a war with China because they're war hawks. So we have a dysfunctional system that is turning on itself. And the opportunity was there in this last election. Uh, and, you know, some people say there's vote fraud. I'm sure there's vote fraud. There always is. But you know, the, the reality is the population is split very effectively by these polarizing polemics and the, the partisanship, which basically uses symbols as opposed to ideas. We've got to start thinking. The American people have to start thinking the way Ben Franklin thought they would think. You know, the, the whole idea of the, the uh, founding fathers and the, the papers, the Hamilton's Federalist Papers, those were written in uncomplicated philosophical approach to government, but they led to barroom brawls. People read them. They, they fought about them. They discussed them. Now, if you discuss something serious, you're considered a conspiracy theorist. They have everything whittled down to such axiomatic, simplistic elementary responses that has been conditioned upon the, upon the masses of the people, Harley, where it, 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 you, can't have, you can't converse with anybody anymore. Uh, the country at this point, you know, Sergey Lavrov says to America that, that the United States is agreement non-capable. 
Yeah. I think we're at a point right now in this country where the two sides, red and blue, are also agreement non-capable. We're heading there fast. I've never seen an election like this, Harley, to be quite honest with you. Well, 76, uh, you know, 78% uh, totally dissatisfied with the way things are going. Nothing changes. Yeah, over 50% don't trust Trump. Over 50% don't trust Biden. The the parties are, are hardly functional. But let me just give you an example of, of where this lack of thinking and the, the use of profiles works. Probably the country is divided uh, on this left-right issue on taxes, where uh, conservatives say we need less taxes. Well, we had less taxes. Trump's tax cut, what did it do? It gave money to speculators to build up a stock bubble. The, the difference between that and what we had in the early 1960s under Kennedy, Kennedy's tax cut was an investment credit. If you use the money from the tax cut, if you're a corporation or a business, if you use the money to uh, improve your business, plant and equipment, hire new workers, worker training programs, upgrading the, the infrastructure involved, then you could get the tax credit. The Trump tax credit was one which just said, you get the money back and you can do what you want with it. And what did people do? They did things that would increase the value of their stock to increase the bonus of the CEOs and the corporate executives. But meanwhile, these companies got loaded up with more debt. And so now you have a, a never-ending cycle of quantitative easing to provide the liquidity to avoid a, a debt default. But that just increases the total debt. So why can't people figure that out? And I think people are figuring it out. But I, I think there's got to be a lot of frustration in the population because when all is said and done, uh, if the Republicans take the House, they're going to have such a narrow margin, it won't matter. The Democrats will have the Senate by a narrow margin. And Biden's still the president. And he still has his build back better nonsense and still has the Ukraine war. So, you know, 2023 is going to be exciting for us, Harley. <laughs> well, what, what is exciting is to see whether he's going to walk off a stage into the pit or something. Well, he's threatened and, to jump off of stage several times already. I don't know if you've seen those videos. Well, I, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit of excitement to see whether or not the president is going to fall on his face. But <laughs> the problem is that the United States is a nation that historically made a difference in the world. It made a difference with the revolution in, against the colonial system of the British. We fought again and again to defeat the British colonial system. We mobilized our nation to get out of a depression. We mobilized our nation to defeat the Nazis, which, by the way, were imposed by some of the same wealthy financial networks that are controlling the, the global finance today, namely City of London and Wall Street. So we've proven as a nation, we have a system that will work provided the people are engaged as citizens. And this is the meaning of the statement that people hear all the time that Franklin was asked, what kind of government did you give us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. Now, if you say we're a republic, people say, no, 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 we're a democracy. Uh, people have no clue. They have no, no clue idea. at all. It's an incredible. It's a republic if you can keep it. It's for a more. It's for a vigilant, religious, and morally upright citizenry. That's the full quote of it. 
and um and and most people have no idea and they still use that euphemistic word democracy which is a euphemism for it's such a glib it could be communism and a lot of communists use that word democracy you know well it's also like the word transparency people say we need transparency in putin's russia well where's the transparency with the federal reserve where's the transparency with the cia and and the fbi we don't have a transparent system here we we have a dictatorship which is still in a velvet glove, but that could change at some point very quickly, especially if people start picking up on what we're talking about and start mobilizing. Now, I, yeah. I just had a discussion today with my colleagues in France, and there's a growing ferment in the French population where the yellow vests who marched against uh, Macron are linking up with the farmers who have no gas for uh, their tractors and, and no fertilizer, getting together with the taxi drivers, getting together with the rail workers. There's actually a building movement. And, and they're also getting together with middle-class management people who work jobs that are, are paying less and with the inflation. Uh, one thing the French, because of the hard money tradition in France, inflation drives them crazy almost as much as it does the Germans. Now, in Germany, you just had this huge fight where Schultz went to China and took some of the top industrialists with him. Now, he got attacked by his own foreign minister, Anna Lena Bearbottom. You know, she, <laughs> you know, she, she went after him, and she's the yeah. one who said, we're going to fund this war in Ukraine no matter what my German voters think. So, she's a, a, a real genius, Harley, a real genius. Well, she's a hardcore tumbler. You know, she, her career came from, uh, I think she was a trampoline expert. Uh, so she knows how to wow, bounce. She's slightly better than Justin Trudeau. He was just a part-time ski instructor. <laughs> well, when you look around at the mediocrities, it, it, I, I can't imagine anyone learning to ski from Trudeau. <laughs> Maybe he had to ski into a tree or something. But the, the German situation is important, V, because the inflation is hitting here. Uh, today was a very cold day, the first really cold day we've had. Uh, the utility prices are triple to quadruple what they were a year ago. Uh, gasoline is, is uh, more than double to fill a tank today than it was uh, even six months ago. And they have no fallback option. And what they keep saying is, well, we're sacrificing for the freedom of the Ukrainians. Well, has, has anybody seen what they're doing with that freedom in Ukraine? They're shutting yep. down opposition papers. They're shutting down opposition parties. They're killing people who don't go along with Zelensky. So if that's democracy, uh, we don't need it. No, we, we definitely don't need anything like that, not even remotely close. It's incredible. There's zero accountability to any of this, Harley. It's unbelievable. Well, and it's it's also democracy being bought by people losing the ability to feed their families and keep their homes warm. It's democracy being bought by between 60 and $120 billion. Uh, and then you have this, what, what I described the other day, is the premature ejaculation over the great victory of the Ukrainian army. 
Now, <laughs> it, if you think Putin is going to walk away without fulfilling the special military operation uh, plan that he had, you, you don't understand anything about Russia. And if you think the Ukrainians can keep losing as many soldiers as they are, you also don't understand anything about a military because unless the U.S. and the Europeans are going to send troops in to replace them, and I think if that happens, you're going to see a total chaotic rebellion, uh, not just in Europe, but in the United States, because we would have to reinstitute the draft. To, uh, what Colonel McGregor, Douglas McGregor said is that if the United States really wanted to do in Ukraine something along the lines of what we did in Vietnam, we'd need to send a million troops there. You think they could use a volunteer army to get a million troops ready to go to war? No, they would have to go with a draft and no one would support it. Correct. So I think the ungovernability that we can see in front of us was somewhat tipped off by the fact that a lot of people voted, but they were dissatisfied with the election. Now, finally, just to go back to the military situation in Ukraine for a moment, uh, McGregor called the recent events a Pyrrhic victory for Ukraine because he said it's unsustainable. Now, he's accused of Putin talking points, and he's on the same target list that I'm on from Ukrainian government. Because if you say that this war is futile and that it represents a low point in the history of Western governments uh, and a, a cover-up for the real intent, which is to destroy Russia because Russia is in the process of building a new financial system. If you say things like that, you're considered an information terrorist, not by Ukraine, but by the NATO officials that coordinate the policies of the Ukrainian government. So in a sense, the, the hit list that's being drafted that has 90-something people on it, including now Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard, as well as Helga Zeplarouche, Diane Sayre, and me, the people putting this together are not Ukrainian neo-Nazis, although they get the blame for it, but NATO and U.S. State Department officials who are in the planning meetings with the Ukrainian Committee to Combat Disinformation. And that's why it was so important that the American people mobilized to stop the uh, so-called combating of disinformation in the United States when that nutcase Jankowitz was uh, appointed to be the information czar. They were planning to do the same thing here in this country, to censor and to silence debate. And if we're not going to fight for the freedom of speech, then we have no more republic left. And it's coming down to the wire. Things are only getting more intense. It's getting hot. And I think, my God, Harley, there's the, the, it, the world's on fire. And what we're trying to do is figure out which ember is going to burn hotter and grow even greater. It's, it's incredible to witness all of this. We have a dysfunctional system, which is ending. Now, when yes. that happens, if you're intelligent, you say, okay, what did we do that was wrong? But, of course, the people who are doing this, First of all, they're not intelligence. They're intelligent. They're evil. And secondly, what they're doing is trying to save their system. And the, the way they're saving their system is to double down on the looting and the predatory policies. So they're not going to save the system. They're going to end up depopulating the planet. 
And that's why we have to have a mobilization which doesn't succumb to pessimism, but goes out and gives people an understanding that these are complex issues, but they're understandable. The American people were rallied behind economic development perspectives a number of times in the past, and they worked. The idea of a regulated banking system which provides credit for physical economic production. That works. But what happens is that when it works well and people get accustomed to living fairly well, then the predators come in and start stealing everything they can steal and, and leave a few crumbs there so that people will still be satisfied. Now, what are the crumbs? Social media, TikTok. Um, you know, there, there's not much crumbs to pick on. No, no, exactly right. Exactly right. Harley, thank you so much for joining us and sharing us uh, the current uh, situation, uh, especially in Europe and all around the world. Uh, folks, again, you can find Harley over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. Uh, and with that being said, CJ, take it away. 